The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Good morning and assalamualaikum. Uh, you're tuned into Inspire FM 105.1 FM. Uh, welcome to Mother's Planet, a show where there is always something to talk about in a productive and beneficial way. Uh, listeners, uh, I do apologize for any um, technical glitches you may have um, encountered with the show this morning. Um, but we are uh, here and we are live. Uh, so I am your host, Neelam, and uh, joining me this morning on the show is my guest, Nasima. Uh, uh, now, I will get Nasima to formally introduce herself to the show, to the listeners. Um, but first, Assalamu uh, alaikum and welcome to the show. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Is the sound okay? Absolutely. I can hear you very well. Um, and Nasima, uh, how are you and how has your week been? Yes, I've been good, alhamdulillah. The week has been really good. Busy, but good, alhamdulillah. How are you? Alhamdulillah, I'm good. Um, I've actually found it quite chilly this week, and I feel my age, actually, because um, I keep saying it's really cold, and my kids look at me and say, it's not really that bad, mum. So I'm thinking, I'm probably getting old, and that's Mm -hmm. why feeling the cold more but um Nasima, what kind of person are you do you like the heat are you okay in the winter what kind of weather do you like um i'm like you i've got those um i've got a teddy bear jumper on because i, I get really cold so like i but i don't know about um where where uh, how it is in luton but in wales um it's pretty cold it's quite icy today oh wow so you are joining us all the way from wales wow mashallah so listeners there you go so this is how far the radio station reaches out we are connected in re- re- wales as well so um yeah have have has there been any sign of snow not yet but it is very cold yeah, so I, I anticipate snow coming again. Um, I, I do find it, um, uh, it's dropped immensely. And um, I'm actually struggling in the mornings to get up because it's I've just sort of closed back into bed after Fajr and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. That's the mistake I make. Instead of staying awake, I, I do climb back into bed. And so I am looking forward to the weekend where hopefully I'm... Um, hoping to get a lion and in that lion i'm also hoping that my children will bring me a nice cup of tea so let's see if that's going to happen um and uh, so nasima on on the conversation about tea are you a tea coffee what kind of person do you drink have what kind of person are you i'm a tea person yes yes definitely and and uh, uh do you need to have more than uh one cup a day or you know would yeah, you- so I do have the morning. I have to have my morning one, and like, and if I, and then I have one around about four-ish, and um, I'm very strict with that routine. I don't, I don't take tea like out of those times, and it's yeah. So even if someone offers it to me like every few hours, I, I just say, "Jazakallah khair." I've had. I've had my tea. Oh, yeah, you are you are good. So, yeah, yeah. Tea is my weakness. Um, I think I can have as many cups as needed throughout the day. Um, and 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 I like to ask the listeners. Is this the point of the show where I do turn to the listeners and I ask the listeners to share their brew with us in the morning? So, listeners, what do you have to keep yourself going and a bit warm in this winter? I think in the winter months i'm more inclined to drink tea than i am in the summer in the summer i probably give up my tea and i will have more cold drinks um so yes um 
it is something that I have more in the winter. So what kind of brew are you having this morning and what are you doing to keep yourself warm? Uh, do text in and uh, share your pictures, messages with me uh, uh, this morning on um, the studio number 0779481822. And that I'm taking WhatsApp and text messages on that number as well. So listeners, as I mentioned earlier, we are live on air, reaching out to all our listeners in Luton and surrounding areas through the airwaves at Inspire FM 105.1. FM. Listeners can also connect through TuneIn via the Inspire FM webpage and um, the Inspire FM app now, which can be downloaded on your smartphones. So actually, you have no excuse to miss any of my shows. Uh, we are live uh, as an audio on the Inspire FM Facebook page where you must like the show and also leave any uh, comments or questions around today's topic. Um, as mentioned before, again, I am taking in uh, WhatsApp and text messages on the studio number 0779481822. Now, firstly, I'd like to say a big thank you to Nasima for taking the time out to join me this morning. I know, Nasima, you are uh, not busy just working, but you are busy uh, being a mum as well. So to take the time out, I really appreciate that. And um, it's always having it's always been a pleasure having you on the shows as well. Um, now, in today's show, Nasima and I will be talking about um, in quite some detail about cleansing the heart. Now, to some of you, this may sound like um, a medical procedure. Um, but it's not. It's far from that, actually. And um, I'm hoping that you all have a pen and paper to hand because there's going to be um, plenty of valuable uh, points that will be shared in today's topic. But before I unfold the conversation around today's topic, I, I want this. Um, I'm sure the listeners want to hear a bit about Nasima and um, Nasima's voice as well. So, Nasima, can I please get you to introduce yourself to the listeners? Yeah. Um, Assalamu alaikum everyone. So I'm Nasima Begum, the life coach, and I coach clients based on a spiritual-based therapeutic model, which is based on the science of the soul. Um, and I'm going to be speaking a little bit about the heart in relation to the soul today, inshallah. So it'll make a bit, of, so you'll get a bit of idea of how I coach my clients. But what I do is I help them with their emotional challenges, getting unstuck, um, whether it's uh, stuck in the present or stuck in the past or trying to move on in the future and basically creating the best life that they want to create. Yeah, mashallah, okay. And that and that's uh, very interesting there as well. And uh, as well as uh, running that, you are also a mum, and which is important because I think that's the hardest role to be. So, uh, yes, you are a mother. So how, how many children and how, how old is the youngest and eldest? Um, I have two children, um, the oldest is t uh, 10 and the youngest is 9, so yeah, alhamdulillah. So they must be very good with each other because they must be keeping each other company. So, Masha, they've grown since I've last had a conversation with you because they were a lot younger than uh, than 10 and 9 when we last spoke. So, yes, yes. Uh, that's very nice to hear. So, Nasima, I guess I'm going to fire straight into the questions here. So we all know um, the heart as the beating organ in our body. Um, mm -hmm. and the organ that pl uh, pumps blood around our body and, and it's what's keeping us alive. Uh, so when we talk about cleansing the heart, um, what can we understand by this? So as you mentioned, um, the, uh, the physical heart, we know it as, as some an organ which beats in the body, it's continuously beating. It's giving life to the physical body that we actually have. Um, 
and it's also the main organ and this is something that I teach whenever I do like um, uh, like a public um, coaching session I always bring people back to the heart because it's really essential that to understand the physical um, the the function of the body as well because if we understand the physical function how important it is like our heart is the main organ that pumps blood around the whole body and it's what's giving its life 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 and if that heart is good so if your heart is physically good the rest of your body is also good but similarly in islam we have the similar concept so when we're talking about the the heart in its spiritual sense because the soul has its own heart actually so the prophet sallallahu said verily there is a piece of flesh within this body if it's sound then the rest of the body is sound so if it's good if it is corrupted then the rest of the body is corrupted and verily this is the heart so this piece of flesh that we're talking about it's it works the same way physically and spiritually they're both so important it means that the rest of the body will uh, when it, when we think spiritually and in in terms of coaching as well if you're having some unwanted feelings the rest of the body feels that and mm-hmm. it manifests physically mm-hmm. so i guess um uh, um i have a book at home um which is written by um well it's uh, translated by hamza yusuf which was uh, essentially uh, given to us by imam ghazali um and imam ghazali talks about and i think um they've broken it down in very child friendly manner so that we understand the concept of the two hearts where we have the physical and then we have the spiritual so um essentially the red heart is your physical heart that's pumping the blood which is you know um keeping you alive and and working and then you have like a, a yellow heart is what he refers it to which is your spiritual heart which is what we need to work on to connect with um spiritually with uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so with our creator connecting with our creator and that heart is uh, requiring a different type of um, work to it so I guess um, in a nutshell that's what you said essentially and 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 this is where we're going to be looking at two of them um, uh, separately where the physical and the um, spiritual either connect or where they work as separately as well so in bearing that in mind um, a lot of a lot of us when we think we're making a decision so the heart and the mind we think um, uh, are responding to the same situation so you know when when we are thrown in a situation or thrown a question um uh, we think we're acting with our heart but we're actually acting with our mind or um we're not quite sure you know we make a response but you know some of us will say oh i i took my impulse which was you know i acted on my heart my gut instinct or some will say no i i reacted i actually thought about this and i i reacted using my mind how can we actually tell mm. is there is there a way that we can identify which we are responding to this is an interesting question because often the mind and the heart they're spoken as two separate entities um in this type of coaching in the spiritual type of coaching we speak about the heart and the mind that they're both connected however however there are some situations when we're probably using our mind like for example if i asked you a maths question yeah you're not going to wait for a gut instinct to know that 4 times 4 is 16 
you're going to use your mind and you're going to use the knowledge that you have and it's probably going to come from there straight away not you're not going to wait for a feeling in your heart to say i think that's what i should go for mm-hmm. and that's not how it works when it when we're talking about things like logic or for example you do things on an everyday basis and maybe it's your routine to do certain things like brushing your teeth it's like on autopilot you don't think about it you just do it yes. but then there's things like making decisions in life like important decisions um should i get married should i get married to this person should i have children should i go for this job or should i just be in a housewife i mean these although we think that we're only using our mind it starts off with thoughts but those thoughts usually turn into like beliefs so if you've got a belief that i need to work then you're going to go out there and fulfill that and then you're going to you know you you're basing your your behavior is based on your feelings so those but it's it's mind and heart connected then they they we, when we make decisions most of the time we're actually making them with our hearts mhm mhm yes yes so i i guess i mean um the the famous quote um he or she you know they wear their heart on the on on their sleeve um you know m- maybe i can get you to um explain a little bit about that that famous quote because it all re- relates to the to the heart i mean what does that mean to you um well it's it's usually when people express their feelings and they show they show it they they don't hide, they're not able to hide their feelings so mm-hmm. maybe you see someone and when i don't know they're angry it's very obvious in their behavior that they're angry um some people they they're feeling moody i don't know they may be withdrawing from people and and it's very obvious you can see it in their behavior or their body language and whereas some people hide you know they they're able to hide those feelings that person's probably not wearing it on their heart on their sleeves no yeah absolutely so so it's it's someone that's very um uh, obvious about their emotions so b- based on that question and that understanding there we can understand like uh, the examples that you've given as well there's certain situations in life where our head is on autopilot and we just do automatically but then there are situations where it probably starts off in our head and then it's mm-hmm. moving to our heart so it just shows that the heart has emotions and feelings so we are using our heart to um to guide us towards an emotive feeling uh, as such so if you you know if something's impacted you it's impacted your mind first and then and then your heart will respond emotionally yes it's it's always that case because um when when you ask someone um, like you know when people say i feel love for someone where do you feel it you you say i feel love in my heart it's all it's usually that um people can't always pinpoint where they feel it it's not like sometimes you say we feel something my i feel something in my stomach i uh, you know but often it always starts in the heart and that's why i said you know the physical and the spiritual is connected because when you feel something in the heart it could be anxiety as well it starts off in the heart but then it spreads to the rest of the body that's why you feel it physically people feel like tingling in their you know that like numbness in their fingers and things like that so it's both can both are connected Yes, absolutely. Um and I and I guess bearing that in mind that the heart is very emotional, um it's really important how we handle emotional situations. Um because uh when people say things like um he has a heavy heart, 
um, or, you know, his heart has burdened too much. And, and these are, you know, I mean, coming from a South Asian community, these are typical um, emotions that we all face. Um, and, you know, typically we do we do take on um, these emotions and let it sit in the heart. And so this is the process where these emotions, so would you say when we talk about clearing up the physical heart and spiritual heart essentially as well, it's these things that we're trying to detox the heart from, the emotions? Um, it, when it's spiritual, if we're talking about spiritual, then it's not just the emotions because that's the problem. People run away from emotions and then in avoiding them, trying to, run away from them they don't actually deal with the actual problem which is the kind of thoughts and beliefs that they've allowed to enter their mind in the first place so dealing with your feelings is a good thing you know people should on a daily basis you know they should be journaling about how they feel on a daily basis to work out why they're feeling that way um but um back to what you were saying uh that it's more when it's spiritual, there's more to it. So it's more towards our physical actions as well. So it could be, like you said, the heart feels burdened, the heart feels heavy. These could be things like, um, for example, you've, you've, you've had, you've got a grudge in your heart about someone that something, someone said something or someone did something to you for years and you're just not able to let it go or, you know, maybe you're not able to just pray your fajr at all. This is, this could be burdening your heart as well. Yes. So, so when when you have something physically blocking the physical heart, it can have a, an impact on the spiritual in that sense as well. So, listeners, uh, just a quick shout out here for anyone that has just tuned in. Uh, I am joined by Sister Nasima this morning, and we are talking about cleansing the heart, and we are looking at the heart as two separate entities: the spiritual and the physical. And we are focusing this morning at the moment on the physical heart um, and understanding how we can. Um, help that. So I guess just going on what you've just said about people um, holding um, a grudge or not being able to forgive, you know, as humans, we often say, okay, you know, um, uh, we forget things. So a situation's happened and we can say, right, I can forget. And it's a very hard concept to grasp when we say we are forgiving somebody. And, you know, sometimes... I think people have forgiven and it's more in their mind they have forgiven the person, but they still bear that weight in their heart. And, um, you know, how and what advice would you then give to somebody that is struggling with this concept of forgiveness? Um, the the one who's struggling with the concept of uh, forgiveness, um, the thing is, the longer that you are holding on to something, because what, what is a grudge? It's holding on. Okay, so you're the one who's grabbing hold of something and then you're telling yourself, well, I'm finding it hard. I'm really finding it hard to let go, but you're the one who's holding it onto it tight. So it's like you've got the, you've, you, you, all you have to do is to, to get, to have inner peace is you're the one who's going to have to let go of that. But because, but maybe that person has done something and um, they've been unjust to you. And um, maybe even in the eyes of Allah, this is wrong what they've done to you. So what you probably need to do is you need to put your make your heart know that Allah is just Allah is most just okay so if that person has wronged me then Allah will always do justice 
and mm-hmm. that is one of Allah's name that He's the most just. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, the, the the longer we hold on, because no one's holding, uh, getting our hands and holding on for us. The longer we hold on, the longer we won't find inner peace. But letting go is our kind of like, um, you know, our refuge because the minute we let go is we actually we're actually finding more peace the other person's fine you're the person who's done wrong to us because they've done and you know whatever it is whether they've sought repentance or not they're fine but us holding on we're the ones who's suffering it's often the one who's not forgiving is suffering more Yes, absolutely, and and I and, and I really like the way you put that, uh, Nasima, because it's very true that um, w- you know we are the ones, the person that's not allowing themselves to move on and forget and forgive and uh, you know act on both actions, is the one that is struggling, and I guess um, a way of um, looking at it, and I and I can't remember who I heard this from. But again, it's a talk or a quote from a book or something. But, you know, the the action of when you hold on to um, someone hurting you and not forgiving, we have to remember that Allah is merciful. So if Allah has mercy on us for for the pile of sins that we are committing on a daily basis and we are in hope that Allah has mercy and forgiveness on us, then we should always use that in reflection when it comes to uh, another person, that if Allah can have mercy on us, then we should not, you know, uh, make ourselves seem above and beyond and say, no, I'm going to bear a grudge. We should Mm -hmm. easily, you know, lower our gaze and and, and be merciful as well to humanity as well. And, And I think that's the way... I looked at it and I thought this is this is true. This is, you know, um very important for us to to remember um to remember that as well. So I mean I'm conscious of the break because I think we've got about three maybe three minutes before the break. So maybe we can start on some of the ways of uh when we look at our um physical heart, some of the things that we can do, um, or some of the actions we can do to protect our physical heart. Mm-hmm. So, um, in terms of our physical heart, um, the things that we can do to protect uh, from any harm is to eat healthy, um, to get active, like be physical and exercise, um, and keeping away from that which harms the body. So, um, we're talking about physical, but that which leads to harm is also harmful so things like smoking and all of these things like you know when people do shisha and all of that hopefully none of the listeners do but what sometimes what we don't realize is what we just think okay if, if it's if it's not harming my body now it's fine but what leads to harm is also harmful so anything yeah. that's harmful for your body controlling like your your food and these things like eating halal actually is really healthy for your body as well um managing stress and this is physical as well managing your stress is very physical as i said earlier someone who's feeling anxiety yes it's they're feeling it in the heart but then it manifests on the rest of their body but they're not managing their stress that physical heart they will probably have certain problems illnesses a lot of the problems um that people have often is related to stress and all of these things yes absolutely and the heart burdens it the most so it's it's very important that um 
I guess, you know, uh, what you mentioned earlier that, you know, noting their emotions and understanding their emotions as well. And um, I think we have a text message coming through or a WhatsApp message coming through. I'll get the team to uh, look into that one for me before I answer it. But I guess it's um, a way of journaling your feelings, as you say. So that's an outlet where, you know, people can uh, offload some of these emotions and thoughts that are going through their head as well. And um, yes, food and uh, exercise these are all key um, attributes that we need to um, consider when we are um, looking at maintaining and looking after the the physical heart now listeners um, I am taking in text and whatsapp messages on the studio number 0779 uh, I've actually learned that number by heart now I've said it so many times I should know it by heart as well my memory is getting terrible as as the time's gone on uh so yes yeah, so nasima i guess it's those uh those are the things that we can do to help um our uh physical heart and and understand how we can um do that now we are entering uh, a short break we actually have only got a, a few seconds uh, to the break so listeners i guess this is the opportunity for you to go refill your hot drinks cold drinks i'm hoping no one's having any cold drinks this morning because it's far too cold to be having a cold drink so reheat if you're like me that's got a cold cup of tea here go reheat your tea coffee whatever it is that you're having with me this morning and use this opportunity to do that um, and again we are looking at cleansing the heart um, Nasima and I have been talking about so far the physical and the spiritual heart we've paid particular attention to the physical heart and how we can protect our physical heart and uh, look at ways of um, making sure we are easing the burden on our physical heart uh, so uh, again, if you have any questions that you'd like to ask Nasima or myself about today's topic, do message into the studio number. But for now, go refill your hot drink or cold drink, whatever it is you have this morning, and join us after the break. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. This is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Good morning and assalamu alaikum. Welcome back uh, to um, Inspire FM and uh, I'm your host Neelam. You are tuned into Mother's Planet and my guest this morning is Sister Nasima. Assalamu alaikum. So in the show so far, Sister Nasima and I have been uh, talking about cleansing the heart and understanding this uh, uh, as a physical and spiritual heart um, and um we have focused mainly on the physical heart so far this morning, looking at ways of how we can um, look after this heart and how we can um, offload our emotions, I guess, really, in a way. Uh, so, sister, before we carry on, um, I wanted to ask you a question that's come through on the um, studio number. So the question here this morning is, Assalamualaikum, sister. What if you forgive those that backbite you and pass looks amongst each other about me? And how do you move forward with these people, especially when they are family? Now, there's quite a lot um, going on there. Um, so, uh, so forgiving those that backbite. I guess that's mm-hmm. the initial thing we could look at, and then, um, and then, h- how can you forgive when when you know it's a, a family member as well? So. Um, we could break it up there. So, how 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 would you tackle that question? 
Well, um, it, it would still be um, general, wouldn't it? Like we spoke about forgiving. Um, it's hurtful. We said that when someone said something about us, um, maybe they're saying it to someone else and we feel like, you know, how could she, how could she say that about me to, to them? Um, it, you, we, you know, like you've mentioned about being merciful and I mentioned about Allah being just. Um, often when, you know, when, it, you know, the thing is with the forgiving, it's, it's hard because we're telling ourselves, how could she? Like, I can't believe she did that. It's mm -hmm. another way of holding on. When we keep focusing on that, it's our way of focusing. So if we change the way we focus on it, then hopefully, inshallah, we can see that. But notice what you say to yourself. That's what I would say to the sister. What are you actually saying to yourself? Whenever you think about that person who has backbitten you, what's coming up in your head straight away? Is it, I can't believe she said that, or I've done all this for her, and then now she, you know, says things about me behind my back? If that's what you're focusing on, you're not going to be able to forgive her because your focus is, I can't believe, or she shouldn't have said this, or this and that. And then that becomes a belief as well, that she shouldn't have done this. And then you're going to find it hard to let go. And then the other one you said about um, how could we forgive as a family member. Um, this is um, part and parcel of um, our deen. So when it comes to family members, it's important that we keep ties and... Um, uh, keep, a lot of people think keeping ties with family members is like with the family members that are okay with you. And that's not what it is. Um, with the pious predecessors actually said, keeping ties with family members is keeping ties with those people who probably don't even keep ties with you, but you have to, you have to go the extra mile to keep ties with them. So we might be thinking when we see that auntie who gets on with us and who compliments us and compliments our house and our husbands and we think she's nice, I'll, I'll contact her. But that's not what keeping ties is about. Keeping ties is sometimes they might be throwing dust in your face. What I mean by throwing dust in your face is they're probably um, saying rude remarks to you, pulling faces, smirking around you, and you still go out your way. Now, if it's difficult to face these people, what I say to people is take a friend with you. Because yeah. then at least, at least you're not going to be like um, targeted by yourself or assalamualaikum, how are you, or a text. And um, I've had a client who's, who's come to me a few times recently about this whole thing about family members saying stuff. And I said, you do your part. And, and, and she was saying, what if they don't reply? And I said, "That's you don't worry about them. Just you do your part. And as long as you know that you've tried, mm -hmm. and inshallah, one day, you know, look, doesn't mean it's going to last forever. The grudge is not going to last forever. One day, I can't say it's going to be today. It might be five years' time. It might be ten years' time. Allah might open their hearts. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And and I like the way you emphasize that regardless of how that person's making you feel, you need to act on your side and you need to do the improvement on your side. And this is this is what we are here for in the dunya. We are here to not, uh, you know, uh, sticks and stones may break my bones. You know, it's one of those theories here again, you know, where you you have to you have to face this, these challenges. And this is our test and our trials, I guess, in a way. And uh, it's interesting because uh, it reminds me of the, the hadith about the Prophet ﷺ who had the neighbor that would throw things into their garden. And then when they stopped you know, doing that, the Prophet was actually concerned for the neighbor and actually went round and um, 
checked in on the neighbor and the neighbor was so shocked saying but i'm so horrible and you know you've still come to check in on me so i guess we have to remind ourselves of these uh situations and try to emulate the prophet sallallahu in, in any way that we can um in in the the actions that they did um and and how they handled these situations because what we have to remember is all these situations we are being posed with now it's not new this all happened then as well you would agree yes yes yeah. so this this all happened in in you know in the time of our sahabas in the time of our uh, prophet sallallahu so it's all these aren't we're not facing oh we're in a unknown time and it's a different challenge totally these were challenges that even in those times uh, you know without the technology and without the social media platforms these things were still happening on a on the same level just on a different ground you know how it was happening so it i think this is where we have to just sort of reinforce that, that in our mind and go back and have a look at that now um we we get fixated on um me- medical fixtures for a lot of our um ailment illnesses and to remedy our issues and everything a, lo- a lot of people now will say take this supplement have that vitamin do this you know and we are you know in a in an era where we are taking these physical tablets or liquids or whatever to super boost our immunity or our heart or our mind or everything it's really hard to then integrate and understand because now we've talked about the physical heart and to some people us mentioning the spiritual heart has probably thrown them totally off guard like spiritual heart what is this spiritual heart you know what is spiritual so how how do you can you talk me through how you integrate spirituality or even get people to understand the concept of spirituality in your in your sessions yeah so um um i often um after people explain their problems you know after a good 30 to 45 minutes i would explain to them the uh the the how the soul actually works so we have the spiritual sense and we have the physical sense and then we have the both of them connected like our psychology but the spiritual sense is our connection with allah it's always whenever we have a problem whether it's um physical or spiritual whether we're dealing with our feelings usually we have a disconnection with allah it's always the case and sometimes we don't realize we have it and and it doesn't mean that you're a bad muslim this is what i want our um listeners to understand that often people think that if i'm suffering from depression or if i'm suffering from low iman then does that mean i'm a bad muslim no it just means that sometimes in life because of our trials sometimes we get a little bit stuck we get stuck with understanding them but then we also have misunderstandings of allah and a very common misunderstanding of allah is that we we think why why is everyone else okay and i'm not and um, why is everyone else, why does everyone else seem to be dealing with their emotions properly and i'm not how can everyone else um uh like allah maybe allah has given them more qualities than me but you know like where was where was i when allah was dishing out love and you know mercy and forgiveness and you know i, I probably wasn't there you know sometimes we think that other people have been given qualities that we haven't and that causes a disconnect between us and allah Mm. because allah has created us all um upon the fitra which is we understand that allah is our creator and that we should worship him alone but also that 
Allah is most merciful, Allah provides for all, you know, so like we might be thinking, how come Allah starts person's sins and Allah still provides like them with a big house, um, you know, lots of children and all of this, but I'm I'm sitting there trying to be a good worshipper and Allah is still not providing, but Allah is Ar-Razik, Allah is the, the provider. He provides for all, Muslims and non-Muslims, not just Muslims. So it's connecting back to Allah and there's a verse in the Quran um, where, um, where I explain to people, it is the thinking, like that thought that you have about Allah causes your destruction. So imagine you have bad thinking of Allah, that will cause you um, certain feelings and you're just going to get stuck in those feelings. Sometimes people say things like, I didn't sign up for this life, like I, I, I didn't. I should have had a child by now, or I should have been married by now. I should have, should have, or life shouldn't have been like this. It's again, you're think, you're questioning Allah. You're not saying it out loud, and sometimes we don't realize what we're doing, but yeah. you are questioning Allah. Yeah, yeah. And would you say? I mean, uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure many of our listeners that are tuned in this morning understand the the, the word and the term nafs. Um, yes. The inner voice in our in our um, in our minds in our souls um, that is always battling us. So, would you say that when it comes to the spiritual heart, it's our nafs that we are fighting more with to get thoughts like those ill thoughts in our heads about you know somebody's better off than me or I'm, I'm why am I put in this situation um, because uh, maybe I'm not practicing as well you know or I'm not doing something as good. So you know, do you think? Um, it's the nafs that we're fighting. So the nafs is actually the soul. So the soul has different um, names in Arabic. So we have the ruh, like, you know, we have the, the spiritual body. And the nafs is actually the soul. So often we use this word in a negative way. The nafs is, uh, that's, uh, the, that is what we're doing. The soul is what we're thinking with, actually. Now, what are we fighting with? How can we fight with? ourself we don't really fight with ourselves. what we do fight with is like our habits as well like some of it is habitual like if we've been sinning for a while that can cause us to be fighting with our inner self um kind of like battling whether you know should i just miss Fajr today go back to sleep should i you know shouldn't backbite today but then you know they they brought up that subject i don't know how to how to tell them to stop backbiting i'll just stay quiet that would be we're fighting with our inner self whether to do or not to do but it's often obviously shaitan whispering to us and we're not knowing that we're not knowing whether it's our habitual thinking or shaitan so sometimes yeah. there's whispering but we can't tell if it's us or shaitan and how do we how do we deal with that um we can say on a regular basis if we find ourselves uh, constantly fighting However, there's another form as well. You can say, "A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan rajim." Inna Allaha wa Samiul Alim. That means, indeed, Allah is a Samiy and the one who hears everything. Because we can't hear Shaytan, Allah can hear Shaytan. So, therefore, you're seeking refuge in Allah. You're saying, "Allah, I don't have power. You have the power. You can protect me from that which I can't hear." Allah is a Samiy and Al Alim. Allah knows everything. We don't know when Shaytan is whispering to us. And we don't know if it's us, our habitual thinking. So therefore, this is another form of al-isti'adha, which is uh, like, a'udh billah, shaytan rajim, which you can add at the end. And it's a, it's a correct form. Like if people who study tajweed, they will know this uh, form of uh, reciting this. And this should help you, inshallah, because often 
we're constantly thinking, how do I know if it's from shaitan? How do I know it's from myself? You're never going to know. Only Allah knows. Yeah. And and even that constant thinking, you're just, you're not going to be able to function. So I think it's just, you've, you've got to make intention. And I always say to um, my children that whenever you make intention, you make intention, you know, that every act we do, Allah hears you, Allah sees you. So you make the intention and continue and any other sounds that you're hearing around you, you just have to ignore because you've, you've made your intention and, you know, um, Allah knows best, so you are going to you're going to just stay on that. So it's very it's very easy to fall into the trap of listening to those sounds and and responding in certain ways. Now, um, how can one tell that their spiritual heart needs cleansing? Mm-hmm. So um, this is uh, something that we can't see, but we kind of uh, have to identify about ourselves. So if we have to notice ourselves, whether are we someone who follows our desires over that which Allah has commanded us to do? So we know, so we know we need to pray five times a day. We know we shouldn't backbite. We know we shouldn't um, harm other people, uh, spread rumors and this and that. So, but if we're still following our desires, then this is a sign of our heart needs cleansing. Also, loving the dunya, loving the dunya to an extent. I mean, the dunya is 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 not like oh, it's a bad thing. Like you're not allowed to ask for dunya because. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even teaches us a dua, Rabbana atina fid dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina So Allah teaches us to ask for the best in the dunya. But it's this extreme sense of love where you love to live long, but then you're not looking forward to meeting Allah. So why are we not looking forward to meeting Allah? That's another sign. And also, um, this one I think is a good check with ourselves. So meeting a sin with another sin without repentance in between. So for example, I don't know, someone, um, you know, um, backbiting and they didn't repent from it. And then they go and do another sin. Um, For example, they miss Salah, which is another sin. So they do two sins consecutively without repentance in between. This is also a sign of um, one that needs like their hearts cleansing. Because this can actually, because we know about the heart that, you know, we have black dots every time we do a sin and it keeps getting black and black. So meeting a sin with another sin without repentance, I think that's something that we can work on. So be conscious that, you know what, I've committed sin. Let me repent now. And, And we actually have a time period where the angels actually don't record it for us. So this is another blessing and a mercy that Allah has given us that maybe Allah will not record it for us if we finish it with repentance early on. Mm. That's a very good way of actually looking at it as well, and I and I like the concept around the uh, black dots because yes, I've heard that as well that we want to try and keep them off our spiritual heart as much as possible. So um, focusing on the spiritual heart, um, uh, I, I guess you know um, it's the connection that's important. So you know, is there any um, advice that you can give to somebody? Um, you know, what, what can we do to give ourselves a sense of purpose and meaning? Um, because that's what essentially what it is we need to we need to feel connected so that we feel like we are actually doing something that's making a difference because that's humans humans work in that way where we feel like we you know uh, and and going on that question i also wanted to add only because i'm conscious of time um when we look at our physical heart we can see 
you know, we can monitor it. We can check our blood pressure. We can go and have a, an ECG done and we can see the health, you know, as much as possible. We can see the health of our physical heart. We know that our heart is doing good. So the exercise, the eating well, all those things that we are doing to make our physical heart really fit and well, we can see the rewards for it. It's very hard to have that same measure for when it comes mm. to spiritual heart. So, you know, mm. Uh, what could you uh how you know what could you say someone could do to measure that their spiritual heart is on on good form and you were doing well you know so i've asked you two questions there um, mm-hmm. one so, so <clears throat> uh separately yes okay that's fine so in terms of our spiritual connection um how do we become more spiritually connected um obviously i spoke about your relationship with allah being the most important one for your spiritual connection and how do we when we when we think of connection um, between two people? Um, well, if we don't know that person, how can we have a connection with that person? So the the key thing is to study about Allah. His names and attributes would really help you. Like you mentioned, Allah is merciful. If you don't know Allah is Ar-Rahman, um, you wouldn't really feel His mercy. How can you feel connected? How can you feel that mercy? If you don't know Allah is Ar-Raziq, and you just think that. Um, you know, you're just getting paid from the pay slips and things like that. You're not gonna feel that Allah is the one who's providing you. So it's, it's actually a lot of it is you can get connected by learning and becoming more aware of Allah. Um, also like, you know, have reflect on the tafsir, read the Quran, read the meaning. These are kind of like practical steps that I would say that one can do. Um, and to answer the other question you said about how to measure the spiritual heart, which is something more difficult than the physical heart, is um, notice whether you love to obey Allah, because this is a this is a sign that you you would notice. If you miss an act of worship, do you feel bad? This is something as well, because you know, like if you know that there's something going on, uh, like a good deed, uh, like I don't know, a charity, people are collecting for something. Does your heart yearn at the fact that you missed out on it? Um, maybe you maybe you don't even have the means. Maybe you don't have the means to give. But the fact that you couldn't give, do you feel bad? You hate to disobey Allah and you feel bad if you did disobey Allah. Because we all sin. Every children of Adam, they sin. But the best of them are the ones who repent. So you, you hate to disobey Allah, but you also feel bad when you have sinned. Um, also, you love to work for Allah's sake. You know, whether that's, that, that is da'wah, whether that is spreading Islam, um, you know, helping the poor. You also, you prepare for a higher place in Jannah. That is a good measure as well. And uh, the most important one is that you are always in the remembrance of Allah. So that means whenever you are cooking, you remember Allah. You're not just thinking, you know what, gosh, I just have to cook. But, yeah. you know, your you're people who are maybe, there's a lot of sisters now who go to Jummah Salah, you're going to Jummah Salah, every step you take, you're being the worship of Allah, meaning being the remembrance of Allah. Worshipping is not just Salah. That's what people think when they think of, you know, that verse, that famous verse that everyone quotes. It's only in the remembrance of Allah that the hearts feel reassurance. The remembrance can be dhikr in different forms. It could be with your tongue. But if you're just saying it with your tongue and you're not really um, processing that, that is not actually remembering Allah. When you're remembering Allah, you could be remembering Allah just by even with something in your mind in English as well. Like, you know what? Allah is protecting me. I'm mm. on my way here and Allah is protecting me. That is remembering Allah, it's thinking that Allah is my protector. So remembrance of Allah is key. Mm. 
and you know and Nasima just going on that I think um uh I I I myself had an issue where I used to always um whenever I gave something to someone um I always found it very difficult to not expect something or you know gratitude from them or you know and it was a very difficult concept and this is uh, again with age as I've got older my my mindset's totally changed my children have taken all my feelings out no on a on a on a <laughs> Uh, I, I really, you know, I've learned to accept things differently. And I think it's when you start doing things for the sake of Allah and not thinking that I'm doing this for that person, everything changes. You you give in the sake of Allah. I give, you know, for the sake, because once, and that's, uh, you know, as you say, a good gauge. If you start remembering Allah, uh, and I'm not by no means saying that I'm a good person because I'm every act that I do, I'm always thinking this is for the sake of Allah, but we are trying. So I think mm. the way we need to, you just need to, and, and I, I, I guess, you know, if we um, keep that within ourselves as well and not be um, show-offy about it, you know, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm doing this because it's for the sake of just do it. You don't need to make mm. announcements about things as well. So um, I have another question come through and I'm going to get the team to look into that one for me. But in the meantime, if I can just get you to answer, um, are there any specific specific techniques uh, you can suggest for when it comes to cleansing the spiritual heart? Yeah, so um, when, like again, this, this ayah of the Qur'an uh, that we just spoken about, that um, Allah says that it's only in the thinking of Allah that the hearts will be assured. It says in the verse, you know, the word dhikr, it says in the word, um, in the tafsir, the scholars say that this word can actually mean thinking as well. So this is one of the main verses that I would always teach to, like, kind of go through with my clients to get them to understand that this is the this is the basis of all because it's the hearts that feel it says in this ayah that the hearts feel reassured and we spoke about the hearts doing all the emotions and the feeling so everyone wants to feel content everyone wants to feel reassured and this is where you feel reassured in the remember in the thinking of Allah so how do I use that technique for example someone feels like um, Allah is always punishing me you know it feels like Allah is always punishing me. I've just got one test after another, after another. So I, I get them to check whether that is true or not. If that's what you think about Allah, mm. then that's what you're going to kind of keep seeing. It's not, it doesn't mean that's what you're going to get from Allah, but you're going to keep seeing it. It's like you wear these glasses of tests, like trials, like everywhere you look, you see trials. Even though Allah has blessed you with like children, with wealth and this, you still can't see beyond that because it's your thinking about Allah, is that Allah is constantly testing me. But have you not experienced any blessings? Have you not experienced a day of happiness? Have you not, I mean, can any of us put our hands up and say, I've never experienced happiness, I've never experienced a bit of joy in my life? I don't think we can say that. So it's getting the clients to see what they actually think about Allah, because Allah says, I am for my servant that which he thinks of me, that which he thinks. So. Allah is going to be for you whatever you think of Allah. And that's that's how it is. Yeah. Uh, so I'll just share the question. Sisters, I found a very useful uh, talk in uh, How to Improve Ourselves by Sister Hallie Banani. So I will look into that myself. I didn't know that we have to look at our flaws and shortcomings first as a starting point to improve as we all have flaws. 
Um, and that's very true as well. Now, we are actually at the end of our show here. Uh, so, Sister Nasima, thank you so much um, again for taking the time out, uh, to join me this morning. I guess it's a topic that I really underestimated myself that we really, you know, we could probably talk hours on end about how to cleanse the heart and things and actions that we should do. But I think it's ultimately the, the take-home message is to be in the continuance remembrance of Allah. And, um, and, and that's our connection there. My quote for today, the pure heart is a spotless mirror in which images of infinite beauty are reflected. And that's by Rumi. Uh, Juma Mubarak and uh, Assalamu alaikum. Thank you again, Sister Nasima. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at InspireFM Luton.